Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the great Scott show, the great sports callers, open think tank. Holy cow. Sheesh. Good morning. How's your blood pressure? Fans or for that fans, I don't know that there's any LA charger fans or certainly some San Diego charger fans. Um, how's your blood pressure? Good Lord. Woo. Tell you what, man, that was a, uh, that, that, that game. I just, I felt like I needed to take a shower after that game. Alvin Kamara said after the game, he said it was a dirty, dirty, dirty game. Dirty, dirty. That's what it felt like. But if you can get out of it with a win, I don't care how dirty it is. You take it, man. You take, you take it. Like this team before the season, I would say universally was looked at as a Super Bowl contender because they're a team that has Super Bowl potential written all over it before the season started. And then you look at the three and two start. You look at what unfolded last night and you're like, yeah, this, this isn't a Super Bowl team. Not right now. Anyway, they're certainly not living up to that potential. Everything just feels like such a grind. Everything. Just, just such a grind, man. And, and the defense, which we, I mean, I, I, I expected a lot more out of, is, 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 is not playing well. I mean, as far as the coverage goes, I feel like any team can just throw deep passes and wait for a, either a busted coverage or a penalty flag. Like, the 49-yard touchdown to Jalen Guyton, or the 49-yard catch, rather, or the or the the, the touchdown when uh, when Patrick Robinson just was like, "Wait, what?" Marcus Williams not cutting off the the, the crossing route there. Hunter Henry just doing what he wants. I mean, just I mean, Marshawn Lattimore, with the exception of the the game ceiling tackle. Did not look good. I mean, he looked great in week one against Mike Evans. He is he has not looked good. Patrick Robinson, oof. Pretty good against the Lions. Not good last night. Marcus Williams, just just bad. Just bad. Bad game. What are you doing blitzing Justin Herbert over and over? Oh, he's a rookie. The blitzing isn't working. Somebody hit me up after I tweeted that last night when it worked on one player like you were saying. Watch the, go back and watch the game again. When the Saints got pressure last night, it was with a four-man rush. I think they had like seven pressures, two sacks with four men up front. The defensive line was good, but they got one sack on all the blitzes. Yeah, man. Yeah, this team right now, winning record, sitting atop the NFC South, heading into the bye week. If you just heard that before the season started, now granted they're sitting atop, but they're in a three-way tie. I guess they would have the edge over Tampa since they technically 
beat them week one. Um, Carolina's three and two as well, though, guys. Carolina is three and two as well. Hadn't played Tampa or New Orleans. You got a three-way tie up there. And then, of course, you have Atlanta, who finally fired Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov. 0-5. I've been outscored this season by a bunch. So is every team in the NFC East, by the way, and they all have losing records. But I'm not ta- I'm not here to talk about the NFC East. I'm here to talk about last night's Monday night football game. I'm Scott Prather. Good morning, everybody. It's the great Scott Show, ESPN 1420.com. It was a grind. Everything just feels just... There's just no flow. But you know what the, you know what the you know what the cure is for that? You know what the cure is for Drew Brees when he's just not hitting guys where they're catching the ball in stride or able to do things after the catch, which is what happened for the majority of the first half until the final drive of the first half. That's just it, right? What do they do it on the final drive? The one where he threw a touchdown to to Sanders and somehow they reversed it, even though at least the angles we got, you could, you couldn't see the top of the football, only the back of Sanders. But they went ahead and reversed it, and then Breeze did the incomplete pass to Taysom Hill where the refs totally missed a face mask and a P.I., but then he just leaped over and got the touchdown. But what what were they doing on that drive, everybody? You know it. You know it. They're in the hurry-up, and the hurry-up is the cure for Drew Brees at 41 years old. Well, he dinks and dunks. Well, he doesn't have arm. Oh, noodle arm. Noodle. That's, 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 that's old news, guys. It is a and, – and, you know, he got one to Jerry Cook, long touchdown, about 35 yards through the air. That's probably the eh, probably the limit when it comes to the accuracy. But the accuracy, it means the most accurate passer in NFL history. And in the first half, before that final drive and the two-minute offense, he was like completing half of his passes. Guys were having to adjust. They weren't able to do stuff after the catch. And when you got guys like Benny Fowler out there, it's it's not exactly – I mean, he's, he's he tries to adjust and he drops the ball. Okay. This team is going to benefit when they get Michael Thomas back. But I tell you what, the way that that secondary played, when the Chargers got the ball in the second part of overtime and they had a chance to go down the field and either tie or win with a touchdown, I said if the secondary blows this, Michael Thomas is probably going to fight every single one of them during the bye week, not just C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Every one of them. You don't think they missed Michael Thomas last night? Holy cow. Did they miss him? He'd have been he'd have been a nice nice cure for some of those short routes, tough catches, you know? I I just This is it, guys. This is it. This is this is Drew Brees' farewell tour. That was his last Monday night game ever. Ever. Oh, man. ESPN 1420.com. Phone lines are open this hour at 269-1077, Luckily, they were playing the Chargers, who called an awful game in the second half. 
who are a team that's young, have some talent, but just they've lost all their games by what, a touchdown or less? I mean, that's just what they do. That's what they do. Okay? You were fortunate you were playing the Chargers. You were fortunate you were playing a kicker who calls himself Money Badger, gives himself a nickname, and then doinks a game-winning field goal that they were in position to kick only because Marshawn Lattimore couldn't cover Mike Williams. Sean Payton. You know what? Sean Payton evolves in some ways, but will never evolve in others. He just won't. He's changed some things offensively in terms of how he schemes. Right? Many of us have praised him. Hey, you know, look, 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 look what he's doing with Taysom Hill. Said it a lot, a lot last year and the year before. Man, look at all this. Wow. How about, isn't that fun? Fun. That used to be the operative word I would use. Anytime Taysom Hill would go on the field on offense, you would say something fun's about to happen. Now you go out there and you're like, oh, God. Oh, God. What's he doing? Something bad's about to happen. You mean you didn't put him in earlier when Breeze was having trouble with accuracy and the and the offense was stale, and now Breeze has just completed five in a row. They're in the hurry up. They're moving down the field. And now you're going to put in Taysom Mill? That's Sean Payton. His timeout philosophy. He doesn't value him the way he should. That's Sean Payton. That's an area that he will never evolve in. He won't. We've seen it. He's done. I mean, he's done it. He's done the same thing. Since 2006, when he was the head coach. You can go in, you can attempt the 53-yard field goal by Will Lutz. It's fourth and four. But no, let's try to draw him offside. Now let's burn a timeout. Yeah. It didn't bite him yesterday, but it could have. You get down late in the game, missing a timeout, might be the difference between winning or losing. Oh, yeah, but you could have tried. You can try to draw them off sides whenever you're about five or ten yards closer because Will Lutz has amazing range. But when you're right there at the border and it's 53 yards, just go kick the field goal. Run game very effective early. Latavius Murray pounded it. Is Peyton going to stick with it? Probably not. Down 20 to 3? Probably not. Did he? No. See, there are some things he will not evolve in. You take the good with the bad. That's just how it is. It's just how it is. And 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 he's a good coach. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of winning. There's a win last night. There's a whole lot to work on. A whole lot to work on. Now, there are some things to point out as, as positives. Right now, yes, everything, everything looks very difficult for the Saints offense. I know they scored 30 points last night, but sheesh. Tell you what, having a guy to make contested catches on short throws, well, Having an all-pro receiver, one of the best in the league, best in, in, in the history of the franchise, yeah, that, that that's going to help. That's going to help a lot. Even though Sean Payton, after the game, wouldn't even confirm if Michael Thomas' suspension was only for this week. 
But I'm here to tell you guys, unless he punches somebody else in practice or gets into some kind of quarrel during the bye week, he'll be back. Saints come back from the bye. He will. He will. Sean didn't want to talk about it last night because he wanted to focus on the game that was, didn't want to draw a lot of headlines, wanted to move on. But when the Saints play the Panthers at home on October 25th, I expect Michael Thomas to be there, okay? But Will Lutz, guys, yeah, yeah, he was in the Pro Bowl last year, yada, yada. Will Lutz is 9-for-9 this year, hasn't missed anything. And when you talk about him just booting a 53-yarder and it's right down the middle, and then you've got a kicker on the other side with the Chargers who missed a PAT early. How big was that late in the game? And then who missed a game-winning 50-yard field goal because he doinked it right when the announcers say he has nicknamed himself the Money Badger. Having Will Lutz, who is young, who is consistent, who is so good, there's value in that. Because let me tell you something. The Saints special teams, there were some pluses last night. Marquez Calloway was averaging over 11 yards of return. Did all right when the all-pro Deontay Harris was out with an injury. Shout out to the UDFA Marquez Calloway. Making catches, getting involved in the return game. He looked good. All things considered. Morstead actually had a, you know, he had he hadn't had a good game since week one. He punted well last night. Will Lutz was amazing. But the Saints special teams, which has been one of the best in the NFL, not just because of their kicker and punter, but because of their coverage units, because of their ability to not make mistakes. Well, guess what? Last night you had two guys, one in a second-team All-Pro in JT Gray, a second-team All-Pro as a special teamer, hold three times. Then you had Dwayne Washington, a backup running back, who's mainly on the roster not to be a running back, but because of his impact on special teams, who typically is good on special teams, who decided to rough the punter. He practically caught him. I don't know if he was trying to hold him, like in pose, like you know a, a new groom does with his bride where he's holding her and... She's laying down across his arms and they smile. Or maybe you did that cheesy picture when you went to homecoming at your high school when you were young. And then you just dropped him upside down. Oh, yeah, that's an easy 15. JT Gray held on the play, too, which would have wiped out a nice return by Marquez Calloway. But at least the Saints would have kept the ball. But nope. <clears throat> Roughing the punter. 15. Automatic first. few plays later. Touchdown, Chargers. Uh-oh. Now it's 13-3 because the money badger actually made his extra point. Now Drew Brees is, oh, let me just try to let me just try to throw it beyond 15 yards here to Benny Fowler. Oh, there's an interception. Return to the one. Defense. Oh, nice play. Oh, nice play. Up. Oh, nope. Third down, Hunter Henry. 20-3. Eh. 20-3. to And if you were playing a veteran team, that game is over right there. Luckily, you're playing a young team who called the bad second half. And despite your own mistakes, you were able to get out with a win. And you take it. You take the win. But, boy, you got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. And now, coming out of the bye, you have the Panthers, who are 3-2, and two, who have... Won three games in a row. You got the Bears. 
who kind of like the Saints, you know, they have a winning record. Granted, they're four and one, but you're like, I'm not really, I'm not really sure about these guys. Yeah, but hey, they beat the Bucks. Remember when Tom Brady? That was so funny. Remember last Thursday when Tom Brady forgot how to count? Wait, no, still fourth down, right? No, Tom, no, this is not the Mizzou Colorado game from '90. There's no fifth down. The game is over. But you got Carolina, Chicago. Then you're at Tampa Bay in a night game. Oh, prime time, baby. Yes, prime time for the Saints. Oh, the Saints haven't looked sharp in prime time. Lost to the Raiders, lost to the Packers, and nearly lost last night to the Chargers. Be nice to actually have a noon game. A week from Saturday. Granted, it's 12 days away. Saints heading into the bye. But they, they don't have many noon games this year. Because then you got Chicago in the afternoon. Then you got Tampa at night. Then you got San Francisco in the afternoon. Then you finally get to play the Atlanta Falcons. That'll be nice. And a noon game. But then you got the Broncos in the, in, in the afternoon. Falcons at noon. Then you got the Eagles in the afternoon. And the Chiefs in the afternoon. And the Vikings. When I say afternoon, late afternoon. Either 325 or 3 o'clock. And the Saints only have three noon kickoffs the rest of this year. They only have five the entire season. Now, it's a wild 2020. Who knows? They might have to play some of these games on a Tuesday evening. or a, I, We got a game tonight in the NFL. Buffalo, Tennessee. The Titans haven't played in forever because they'll have a COVID-19 outbreak and decide, hey, let's all go toss the ball around at this high school locally together. Might as well play spin the bottle with one another. Let's just spread germs even though everyone's telling us not to do this. ESPN1420.com. So, yeah. Yeah, emotions are a little all over the place this morning. I get it, but that was the emotions last night when you were watching that game. There are problems. There are solutions, but there are problems. Now I said I wasn't gonna, you know, I said I was gonna point some 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 positives. Will Lutz being one. Trey Hendrickson, man. First of all, let, let's just give it up for the front four. Cam Jordan was looking good. Marcus Davenport, everybody, he played, and guess what? While he didn't have a sack, the impact was undeniable. He was getting into the backfield. He was overpowering offensive linemen. He was. He was being disruptive. And then you got Trey Hendrickson, who actually was getting chipped. He was actually getting chipped by the opposing offensive line. He went to the sideline. He's like, he told Cam, he's like, I can't. He said, I'm surprised. They're chipping me, Cam. Cam told him, and I quote, welcome to that life. (laughs) But what does that tell you? Tells you he's making a big impact. He leads the team in sacks. He picked up a sack and a half last night. I mean, that, yeah, yeah, he gets one-on-ones. He gets favorable matchups, but he makes a difference. And somebody's going to be paying that guy in the offseason. I don't know if it's going to be the Saints, but somebody. And, you gotta, and, and, and you've got to be happy with where Emmanuel Sanders is. Lisa Salters was pointing it out in the Monday Night Football um, broadcast last night on ESPN. I mean, Emmanuel was like, look, against Tampa Bay, against Vegas, I'm out there running around. I, I, I am not 
in sync with the offense. I'm running the wrong route. Michael Thomas was on me like, dude, what are you doing? Do this, do that. And he's like, look, you've been in this offense for five years. We didn't have an offseason. We didn't have a normal offseason. We didn't have a training camp. We didn't have preseason. And don't say, well, they did have a training camp. No, that was a very altered version of, I mean, that's just, no, that wasn't training camp. That's like when you say, I'm going to go do CrossFit, but you just, you know, you kind of jog around the block a few times and you call it a day. That that was the equivalent of what the Saints did before the season started. Point is, Emmanuel Sanders, he he's still learning this offense. And he says, look, now a month into this thing, a little over, you know, a month into it, I, I just, I'm a lot more comfortable. I know where to go. And you saw it a dozen catches, 12 catches, a buck 22. They needed him to step up big time. And he did. He did. You've been waiting to see that from him. You've been waiting to see him be that reliable piece in the offense, and and he was last night in a big way. You didn't have the dropsies. I mean, that's not a Benny Fowler. Benny Fowler. Ooh. Oh, how about this great story? He just friends with Emmanuel Sanders in Denver said, hey, I want to go work out with Drew, and then he signed with the team. No, no, no. The Benny Fowlers and Greg Camarillo's circa 2012 – of the world, uh, the, the stories are fine. Good for them for making the team, but they're—he's only out there because Deontay Harris was hurt and Michael Thomas was suspended. That's it. Once you get Michael Thomas back, and you've got Sanders, and you've got Traquan Smith at two, at three, you got Deontay Harris back, and you got Michael Thomas back there in the one that might help. There is a lot, a lot to work on during the bye week. A lot. But right now, a lot of these players are not playing up to their potential. Right now, a lot of these players are making mistakes, especially in the secondary. A lot. Mike Williams, 64-yard touchdown. I could have thrown that touchdown. Padgett Robinson been on a Hunter Henry out route. That was covered by someone else. Scott Shanley, former Saints linebacker, said on Twitter he felt like based on the defense that was playing, it was Marcus Williams' fault on that play. Regardless, it was somebody's fault in the secondary. Sheesh. And let's be honest, if, if the Chargers hit that field goal, if the money badger is one yard closer, one yard closer, that thing just is good inside the upright. It was the exact amount of distance that you needed. Heck, if you're a half yard closer, it probably doinks in the goalpost. But instead, one yard back, it starts to curl, and then point. I'll be honest, when he kicked it, I thought it was it, it looked it looked good. It looked good. Fortunately, it was a miss. And the Saints escaped in overtime. And 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 Malcolm Jenkins, Mike, how do you drop how do you drop that interception, bro? It's twenty to twenty. You've scored seventeen unanswered. You got all the momentum in the world. And this rookie quarterback who's playing good just gives you a gift. I mean, in your hands. In your hands. Saints probably win by ten if he picks that thing off last night. But busted coverages, bad penalties on special teams. It was not the prettiest. But they got to win.
and they got a lot to work on in the bye week. And the, I'm telling you, the, one more time, the cure for Drew Brees when everything is a grind and everything is just not working offensively and it all just, it's like pulling teeth. It's just, can they just somehow get this third down? Can they somehow just keep moving the ball? It's the two-minute drill. It's the two-minute offense. Get them in the hurry up. There is just quick decisions in rhythm and and he seems to get the ball in the hands of his playmakers of the two-minute offense. Alvin Kamara, Emmanuel Sanders, let's go. And Kamara's catch, holy cow. <laughs> On the last touchdown drive of the fourth quarter for the Saints, the one where Taysom Hill ran it in, and all of you like me were like, oh, my God, it's third and four. Breezes completed five in a row. It's third down, and now they're going to they're gonna, – wait, wait, what? Good thing he scored on that play. But on that two-minute drill, at the end of the first half and the two-minute offense, the hurry-up at the end of the second half, that was Breeze looked tremendous. He looked fantastic. That's the cure right there. That's the cure. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. I'm Scott Prather. It's the Great Scott Show. I'm happy to be here, guys. Look, I wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to watch the game last night. Now, be honest, when they were down 20-3, to three, I was like, man, I, I I never thought I'd actually be in a position where I'm like, am I glad I had my power back? On a serious note, I hope all of you are safe. I hope all of you are okay. Those are some crazy wins last Friday night. A lot of trees down in my neighborhood. Mailbox got blown away, fence got taken down, but the family's fine, the house is fine, and we finally got electricity back yesterday around lunchtime. Finally got it back. Said, good. Like, everything that happened, like all of the other sports over the weekend and the MLB playoffs and the NBA finals and all the college football games and LSU not being able to stop anything defensively, I didn't, I didn't see any of it, any of it. I, no power. And the internet, it, it, no internet. Well, what about your phone? Well, the LTE wasn't too strong where I was. I mean, I couldn't even get, I, I was having trouble just loading up scores. It would take sometimes 20, 30 minutes on Sunday. Try to get NFL updates. So I'm glad, happy, have the power back. I don't know how the Amish do it, honestly. I mean, I know they're used to it. I know that's their way of life. And, man, they churn some really good butter. But, sheesh, dude. Uh, I missed my electricity. It was hot. The kids were not happy. But I was doing my best. It wasn't always perfect. There were moments. There were moments where I was like, oh, God, and I'd start complaining, and I'd remind myself, you know what? I got it easy. It's all right. No power for a few days. Fine. That's okay. All you got to do is compare it to what someone else is going through, things that are happening, all of our, uh, you know, uh, man, our brothers and sisters in Lake Charles, man, what they're going through. I got a roof. I got a house. I got my family safe. I'm not going to complain. I just start complaining until the Saints game started and they look like booty for the first half or the first 28 minutes anyway. Then, then then, the complaints started. My wife was like, all right, shut up. That's enough. So I 
Okay. 28 after the hour. We're going to have some sound here from some uh, Saints players post-game. Alvin Kamara talking about the dirty, dirty, dirty win. The Saints running back who has been absolutely sensational this season through five games. Can't say that about too many players on the Saints, but can you say, is there one negative that you could say about Alvin Kamara and his performance so far this season? One? He's been electric. Taysom obviously is a, is a heck of a runner. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a pass play, but I don't know if he heard me, but before the play, I'm like, don't be scared to run it. I think he was motioning somebody or saying something to somebody else, but I went and I, I did my little fake, and I looked back, and I saw he was running, and I was like, touchdown, I already knew it. So, you know, I mean, he, like I said, he's a heck of a runner, heck of a player. Um, I mean, that was big for it. Next question is from Jeff Duncan. Alvin, uh, can you tell us about the big pass reception you made there late in the game uh, down the sideline, and, and where does that catch rank among your best catches you've made? <laughs> Man, uh... I mean, Drew put it in. The, it, he he gave me the best chance to to be able to catch the ball, um, and you know I just tried to focus on it, tried to get it. I knew it was gonna be. A, I knew it was uh, kind of like a crunch time play, and you know I just tried to keep focus on the, on the ball. Um, tried to lay hands, and and you know I came up with it thankfully. Uh, but I mean that was a big catch. <laughs> Next one's from Nick Underhill. Um, was there an adjustment after that that interception from Drew? I guess was kind of seemed like the turning point where you guys started to execute a little bit better. Was there anything different you did or was it just kind of locking in and doing the things you needed to do? I mean, just lock in. I mean, we we, we couldn't really get into to too much of a rhythm um, throughout the game, you know. So it was one of those games where we just had to battle the whole time and, and, and just just fight and, and claw and scratch. You know, that's one of them times where, you know, who that nation, that's when we that's when we need our fans in that stadium. I mean, that's that's huge. But the fans that we did have, they did their part. Um, you know, we just we just need some more. But you know, we just got to we, we we fought and we just got a grimy win. We had to do that. Next one's from Luke Johnson. Hey, Alvin, uh, you'll need to start faster. <laughs> I know it's, it's hard to answer that right after the game, but it seems like um, you know, building out from a, a fourteen point deficit or whatever is not a you know, Oh, that's not that's not hard to answer. We definitely got to start faster. Uh, we gotta we gotta get get our offense and and what we want to do. We gotta we gotta get going faster. Um, get in the rhythm faster. You know, um, just just be efficient. You know, um, within what we want to within the plays we want to call. So that's on all of us. We all got to get better. That's on me. That's on Drew. I mean, everybody. Um, we just gotta we just gotta execute. We gotta get going faster. Next one's from Amy Just. Uh, with Deontay out, Marquez Callaway uh, was at kick return, punt return, and he was used more on offense. How would you assess his play today? Man, that's my that's my vol brother. Uh, me and Quez went to Tennessee together, so I mean, I know he got it in him. Uh, you know, I just talk to him and just tell him, you know, make a play, just go do something, go do something. So you know, his 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 name was called, and he did what he had to do. It's next man up. You know, he he's playing well. Um, he's getting comfortable more and more as as the games go on, and you know, I just I, I'm happy to see it because you know I, I was. I went to college with him, so it's fun to see that. Next one's from Rod Walker. Hey, Alvin, we watched your um, some of your off-season workouts and your balancing and own things and catching stuff. Do those kind of workouts help you with make those plays like the one you made on the sideline? Oh, most definitely. I mean, I can I can think of three drills that 
uh, my, my trainer Sharif made me do in the offseason that, you know, is that ball right there. You know what I'm saying? So as much as I, I, I was tired of seeing Sharif and, and doing all these drills and stuff like that as the offseason dwindled down, it's like that's what we do it for, you know. So definitely, like, I mean, that's like I said, that's what we do it for. Last questions from Nick Underhill. You, you mentioned clawing and scratching and, and kind of that feeling in every game or in this game. Do you, have you felt that a lot more this season? Do you feel like you guys have kind of hit your stride or do you feel like that there's still things that you got to figure out coming out of this, this back? I mean, it's definitely things we still got to figure out. Um, you know, it's hard to win in this league. Every week is a, is a challenge. Um, you know, there's no game we're going into like, oh, yeah, this is an easy win. You know, um, we go into a game like we, we're trying to get the desired outcome, which is a win. But, you know, we, we know we got to come with our A game every game. So, you know, some games are faster starts than others. Some games, we, you know, we're getting, getting what we want more than other games. But, you know, it is what it is. It's a different flavor to every game. And tonight was just it was it was a dirty, dirty, dirty game. So we just had to, like, you, like I said, claw and scratch and, and come out on top. Dirty, dirty. Dirty game. There's Alvin Kamara. We got more post-game sound. We'll play for you a little later. A little bit from Drew Brees, Demario Davis, uh, Jarrett Cook. In the meantime, phone lines are open at 269-1077, 269-1077. Saints beat writer from Sports Illustrated, John Hendricks, will join us at 8 o'clock. He was at the Dome last night. We'll dissect the game a little bit with him. Get to uh, some MLB playoffs before we get out of here at uh, 9 o'clock as well. Well, let's head to the phone lines now. Welcome into the show. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, what's up, Kyle? Well, I was listening to you explain about your experience there post-hurricane. I think a lot of people were having similar experiences and got back to normal last night. Well, so, I, yeah, watching, it, watching, <laughs> watching, the, uh, watching the Saints just... Uh, yeah, they get the off to an awful start. It was like I never actually thought I'd be saying maybe maybe it would have been better if I just waited, you know, maybe just a few more hours before I got the power. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but, I hear you, but, but fortunately, uh, uh, fortunately, was, they got the win. Yeah, I was well. Yeah, but I tell you what, man, whoo, they didn't get it because they didn't get it because they outplayed San Diego. Okay, let's just be honest. If San Diego has a has a field goal kicker. How, can I can I can I ask you something? How can you nickname yourself Money Badger and then doink a game winner? Oh my gosh, man! Yeah. After you missed Maybe a PAT a- earlier in the game, I mean, honestly, if yeah. the if 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 you switch kickers, the Saints lose the game. I mean, you know, luckily they right. got a great one, and the Chargers, God bless them for. I don't. I mean, the Chargers haven't had a good kicker, a consistent kicker since John Carney. I mean, you got to go back a long time since that franchise had a good kicker. They have had so many misses over yeah. the years. Even when they have one that makes a lot, like Nate Keating, who looked like he was 12, if it came down to like a clutch situation, he was going to miss it. Yeah, well, I guess Roth Benerska is the last one I remember they had. It was really good. In a minute. That, 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 that's, that's way back. That's in the way back machine. But look, all right. It, it's nice to hear interviews with Kamara and Breeze and, and Cameron Jordan. How about we start getting some interviews with Andres Peak and uh, Alex Anzalone and ask these guys when they're going to throw blocks and tackles? You know, when, when are these guys going to do something? Jeez. By the way, 
this guy Callaway. Where is he from? I mean, who he's is a, this guy? He's, a, he's a UDFA. He made the team even without training camp. Um, he is from Tennessee. And in yeah. college, his strength, you talk to various scouts, was basically just, um, you know, those balls that are one-on-one balls, right? You want to throw a fade. You want to just throw it up. He can go up and get it. But that's not really what he's doing. I mean, the Saints don't do that a lot in the Saints offense. So he obviously showed him enough with limited reps in camp um, to show him well, that, look- you know, I mean, he, he, he's not he's not out there, you know, with jump balls. And then you look at what he does – uh, in the return game, when you're when you're all pro returners out, and I, it's not like yeah. he like took one deep, but he averaged over 11 yards of return there. So shout out uh, to he him. He did man. take one. He did take one deep to go, not totally to the house, but he took he hit one for for a double or a triple. Oh, naturally he got called back. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. JT Gray. Here, here were his numbers. Here were his numbers for last night. He had six punt returns, averaged 11 and a half yards of return. Again. Would have been greater if not for JT Gray just come into penalty on every play. And then um, he had, let's see, I don't have his kick return yards yet. Then you had uh, four catches on six targets for 34 yards, including some big oh, yeah. ones he on the final good. drive. Yeah. He looked, I mean, you could, I mean, he looked really good. I mean, it was like, who is, I kept, and you couldn't see his name because of his hair hanging down on his shoulder pads. And I'm, and finally, I got the name, and I'm like, man, I never heard of this guy. So he he looked he he definitely did great. And I didn't know what happened to Deontay. I thought I didn't hear anything about Deontay or see him on any injury report. I don't know what happened to him, but uh, this kid looked good. Uh, but Scott, okay, here's a situation last night where I heard. The defense get blamed, and they didn't. They didn't all of them play great, okay. But our defensive line, if if we have one thing that's worth anything, it's the defensive line. The front, okay? the, the front, the front floor, the front four played played very well. With the front floor, the the front four with Demario, that's okay. Right. That's Actually, right. the front, just about the, the whole front, front eight or front <laughs> nine, it played great with Demario, and the rest of them. Yeah, I don't know what you want to say about them, but the bottom line was they didn't put themselves in that hole, all right? Our offense, Drew throwing that horrible interception, they returned it to the two-yard line. That's seven points. Our defense had their greatest stand of the whole season so far, and what happens? Some idiot goes out there and commits uh, roughing the punter and gives them a fresh new set of downs. Oh, they took advantage of that, all right. Two plays later, three plays later, they in the end zone. I mean, that, 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 you, you, a defense gets a lot of blame sometimes when there's the whole rest of the team's problem. And that was certainly 14 of their points should have never been put on the board but because of, of, of stupidity and bad play by us. And... You know, you wiped out about a fifty-yard punt return with a with a bad penalty. I didn't. I didn't even see the penalty. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I was highly, highly upset about last night when they had the football. The Saints came back and, and finally tied the game at the end. And San Diego got the ball back. They're fiddling around like they're playing for overtime, and the league. 
on a on a third and one third and one on a ball spotting situation. Somebody I don't know who it is that contacts the referee, stops the game and gives San Diego a minute and a half untimed timeout to get all their act together so that they could spot the ball or figure out if it was a first down or not on their own 30-yard line or their own 40-yard line with 15 seconds to play and it ain't even fourth down. Why are they stopping the game and giving them a timeout? This is why people who hate the officials and believe the officials are against the Saints, that didn't even come from that from the field. That probably came from New York stopping the game to get them a minute and a half to look at where the ball spotted. Who cares? Put the ball on the ground and let's play football. They was, you, you, you totally destroyed everything that was going on, gave them the opportunity to get the act together, and the next thing they do is make the pass that if the kicker can kick the field goal, we don't get to overtime. Now, that was wrong. I don't care who says what. That should have. That was that was from the league office, and it, you can't tell me that the league had any right to do what they did in stopping that football game right there, and just gave them, just gave them, you know, okay, let's get it, let's get our act together. We, we screwed up right here, but now the league's going to stop the clock, and we ain't got to use one of our timeouts, and we get it, we get to we get to sit right here and figure out what we're going to do and call the right play at which they happened to, you know, they made another great play, but they were assisted by the official. You don't have a right to inject yourself into the football game to give one team an advantage over another one. That's, that was bull crap. Anyway. All one, right, Kyle, just take okay, a, take a, take a shot of something. Just relax. They got the hey, win. Hey, I'm, I'm happy. I, you know, I, we don't deserve it. That's one of those, you didn't deserve to win, but you won games. So mark it down. We got one of those this year, finally. But it wasn't because right, the referees helped us. Appreciate it's the call, man. San Diego got bad luck later. I know it's it's habit, but Los Angeles. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Good morning, Scott. Whenever the Saints had the ball and Emmanuel Sanders caught that ball, or I think it was Emmanuel Sanders or something like that. The, there was a review, and the Saints had to burn a timeout to stop 10 seconds from running off the clock. Right. But the Saints didn't review the play. Why did the Saints have to run a t- burn a timeout? So the the rule is it's a flawed rule um, because it, it doesn't – here. let me just explain the rule to you. Basically, Josh, if the officials have to stop a play or review a play – that that ends in bounds or in the field of play, um, uh, under two minutes of either the first half or the fourth quarter or the last two minutes of overtime, then once they respot the ball, there's an automatic ten second runoff because the thought process is well they would have been the clock would have been running right in real time had the refs not made the mistake, and the problem with that is. It, it there's uh, ten seconds is such a like there's no wiggle room. I mean that's it's not a definitive number. But like what if it's a what if it's like a, a sixty yard play and the guy gets tackled at the one and the you know the entire offense is on the other side of the fifty. 
Well, they're not going to all be able to run, get lined up, get to the one yard line. Um, you know, if like like so, they call, under this under this hypothetical, they call it a touchdown. They review. It turns out he was tackled at the half inch line. Well, there's a 10 second runoff unless you have a timeout, which you can use. And the thought process is, well, it's a 10 second runoff because the clock would have been running had they not called it a touchdown when it was actually in bounds. But under that scenario that I just played out, the hypothetical, it would have taken a lot longer than 10 seconds. Conversely, Breeze throws it to, to Emmanuel Sanders from what, the six, right? Or the seven? I don't remember the exact yard, but it was, it was like close, right? I mean, they probably could have gotten up and spiked the ball or run a play in under 10 seconds based on where it was there. Uh, not to mention, I, I the angle that we got on TV, you couldn't see the top of the football. It was up on his chest, and they still reversed it, but that's neither here nor there. They ended up getting it in, but that's why. I mean, so the point is the refs are saying, well, had we called it the way we think it was supposed to be called on the field of play, the clock would have been running. Instead, it stopped um, because we called it a touchdown. So we're going to go ahead and run the time here, but basically the wrinkle they throw in there to give themselves what they consider, I guess, some kind of leeway is, well, if a team has a timeout, they can use it to avoid that. Which, in other ways, I mean, it just it's going to be unfair to either the offense or the defense pretty much every time based on whether you have a timeout, down a distance, and all of it is predicated on a mistake by the officials. So the whole, the whole, the whole thing is flawed, and it just happened to – you know, not work for the Saints last night, but there are situations where it could have benefited the Saints. That just wasn't one of them. Um, and in the end, it didn't become a big talking point because Breeze ended up scoring two plays later anyway. Yeah, well, I guess my question is, is if that's the case, right? And and Emmanuel Sanders was in the field to play. He wasn't, it, it, you know, it, it happened, whatever. Why whenever San Diego had the ball with 15 LA. seconds left, and it's our L.A., they threw a ball to him. He caught the ball. The play, the play was clearly ruled that it was at this spot. They were trying to get to the line. They stopped the, they stopped the play to, to measure a half an inch. Why didn't they lose 10 seconds? Stop the play to measure half an inch. What, 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 uh, what are you talking about? What point in the game? The one, the, one, the, one Kyle, the one Kyle just brought up, the one where he threw because the ball the, to because the guy. The, because the clock didn't stop like right when the play ended. The clock stopped once they stopped it to measure. Like It didn't, it didn't stop... Like, like when you score a touchdown, the clock stops, right? And so yeah. they're saying, well, if you uh-huh, go back okay. and do it the right way, the clock would have been running. Under that other scenario, the clock's running, and then they stop it to measure or, or do whatever. But it had been running between plays. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. I just – I don't know. It just – it always – even – like that sort of thing I've always said as a Saints fan – is the optics of things always look off? Like, and I think that's the reason, a lot of reason why Saints fans feel like they constantly get screwed. Like, well, think, even think though I, I can give you situations, just look bad. yeah. No, look, I, I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you that the Saints aren't on the wrong side of a lot of bad calls. But I remember in '09, the rule was a little different. Uh, they didn't have the rule in place yet, and I bring up this game because it was referenced last night. You know, the other time that Drew Brees won a game where they were trailing by 17 or more was 09. They were losing by 21 to Miami early, and they came back and won double digits. But in that game, I don't know how many folks remember, the la- like the last play of the first half, or the second to last play, rather, Drew Brees threw like a 20-yard pass to Colston, uh, middle of the field. Marcus catches it at the goal line, and he scores. 
Okay, and at this point, Josh, I don't think they had any timeouts left, and there was four seconds left on the clock going into halftime. Well, they review it. Turns out he was just short of the goal line, but they didn't have this 10-second runoff rule yet. So basically, they, they basically got to run a play with four seconds left that they wouldn't have gotten to run had the refs got the call right. And then Breeze talked Peyton into just, hey, let me try to score here. Forget the field goal because we're down. Yeah, and, jump and, over. And, and, he, and he did it. The and they over. scored. And I think it was yeah. 21 to 10 at the half or something like that. That was a situation where that rule wasn't in place yet. And it actually helped the Saints. He gave him a touchdown, whereas otherwise they wouldn't have gotten any points going into the half. So that's just an example of where they used to not have that rule in place. And it really helped the team. But it was the refs that screwed up. And that team happened to be the Saints. And I mean, we can go back to 09. That was a magical year. Uh, it was 11 years ago. But the, the Saints, you know, in terms of these these rules, whether they were in place or not in place, there's a few situations, but we're not going to, you know, you tend to not remember the ones that help. You're going to remember the ones where you're like, wait, what the hell? And uh, and that certainly was uh, was one of them. Yeah, well, I'll have one more question. I'll hang up and listen. How are the Saints going to pay all these guys next year? Because if Hendrickson keeps playing the way he's playing, with him being, I think he's a free agent or an unrestricted free agent, I have no idea how they're going to afford to pay him. So they'll my probably, thing is like, they'll probably tender him. Um, and I, I'm guessing at this rate, especially if he gets to like double digit sacks, another team will offer him more. You know, I don't, I don't know that they're going to be able to do like a first round. Like the only way Hendrickson is on the Saints next year is because he's a restricted free agent, and they, whatever tender they give him, another team just didn't want to give up enough to pay him. You know, like basically, all right, we're going to have to pay you more than whatever the Saints are offering you, but we're also going to have to give you this draft pick as compensation. That's yeah, the only second or, second or third, That's yeah. the only way because if he was an unrestricted free agent heading into the next offseason, no, he's gone. But there's a chance he could be back on a one-year deal just based on the fact that he'll be restricted. Yeah, because, I mean, every every time I see these guys – come out of the woodwork that are playing well that are just rant you know rant like no one saw Hendrickson leading the Saints and Sacks. We saw Cam Jordan leading the the Saints and Sacks, but just his play has been really, really well. I just hope that they could finally get the second but it's a problem between players. In other words, cornerbacks release into safeties, safeties getting over to help. It seems like they're lost in that like translation is where a lot of the big plays come up. So hopefully they can fix that. I'll hang up to listen. Appreciate it. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Look, it was it, the secondary was bad. It was bad. Yes, Lattimore had a game ceiling tackle that was nice, but the cornerback has not looked good since week one against Mike Evans. He was lights out against Mike Evans. I mean, I, we joke like so we didn't joke. It was serious last night. As soon as Keenan Allen was out, it was like uh oh. Somebody's about to burn Marshawn Lattimore, and then it's some guy named Guyton that no one had heard of. The really good receiver's out. Patrick Robinson had a, a brutal mistake. Marcus Williams was just bad. Just bad. I mean, the safeties have not looked sharp. And then you had Malcolm Jenkins who just dropped one right in his arms. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Got a lot more to get into. Uh, we'll get to open phone lines again next hour, but going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to welcome on John J. Hendricks of Sports Illustrated. He covers the Saints. Was at the game last night. 
the lead writer and reporter for uh, Saints News over at Sports Illustrated, a contributor for Forbes Sports. And uh, we'll get his thoughts. You know, again, it's something I know I ask a reporter every week. But, like, being in the Dome with, like, I mean, yeah, okay, 750 fans. I mean, that's nothing. That's just, like, a little dot on the radar. It's it's like it's like looking it's like looking at a globe and and you're like wait where's Guam, where is it? You're looking at it on like Google Maps. You gotta like you know use your fingers and like zoom in on the phone. I mean, 750 fans in the Superdome. That's what that is. And now you have them all spread out. Like they're not, that's that's not gonna be an impact. And fast say fans, you know, friends, family, loved ones of of players and uh, personnel. Being in a game like that, the impact or lack thereof. Just another weird thing about 2020. We're going to talk to John J. Hendricks as we get ready for the second hour of the Great Scott Show. The Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. After we chat with John, we'll open up phone lines once again. Don't go anywhere. It's ESPN, ESPN1420.com and the ESPN1420 app. Now put your drinks go, in the air. Go, go. If you go, Hello, everybody, and welcome into the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank, ESPN1420.com. Got a lot off my chest last hour. A couple of good phone calls from the listeners as well, breaking down the Saints' win over the Chargers. Money Badger, as he nicknamed himself, doinks a game-winning 50-yarder, so it's no good. Saints get second life. Sounds like they were. They, they felt like a cat last night. They felt like they had nine lives. They kept trying to kill themselves walking into traffic, and yet uh, they did enough to get the win. Here to talk about it now, John J. Hendricks, Saints lead writer and reporter for Sports Illustrated, uh, at John J. Hendricks on Twitter. He was there last night. Good morning, John. How are you, man? Good morning. I'm still trying to probably process what happened last night, and maybe it's the deliriousness or whatever. But you know, I'll get my coffee soon. But I'm good overall. What time? I mean, because what, what time do you get to bed last night? Uh, it was a little after two. I actually had to do radio uh, one a.m. and <laughs> some other stuff, and then I get bed, I get home, and I'm like, man, you know, crawling to bed as a wife, and I'm like, I I can't go to sleep because I I'm just still kind of what wired or whatever you want to call it from the game. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I got to bed earlier than you, but it was also one of those deals where, you know, I, I got my power back yesterday, obviously, you know, in time to watch the game, and it ends, and I'm like, well, I got to get up at, like, 5, but I, I'm not I – can't, I can't go to sleep right now. I mean, it's just – no, no, <laughs> no. Um, I, man, there's there's a lot you could dig into, but let's I'm, – I'm, I want to point out some of the positives, but I think – Biggest negative for me, there's a few places to go, but, John, to me, it just seems like the secondary right now. I know that Lattimore had the big game-sealing tackle, and that was a big moment. But uh, but outside of week one against Mike Evans, he hasn't looked good. Patrick Robinson had a brutal mistake last night. Marcus Williams, you know, I mean, this guy, you got a decision to make about him and his contract and his future with the team. He played bad. Uh, overall, what, what, what are you seeing out of the secondary, not just last night but this season? Yeah, look, I, I mean, it's a lot to unpack. It's a lot to figure out, and you know, everybody's seen it. It's, it's busted coverage. It's busted assignments. It's 
missed assignments, and it's it's just for whatever reason. And I think this all goes back to you know, hey, you bring in a veteran, he's, he's familiar with the team, a second stint, supposed to shore up the coverage, and you know, again, uh, we thought it looked good and week one and everything was good. Maybe that was fool's gold. And then week two, you have issues against the Raiders. Week three, you have issues against Aaron Rodgers and against the Lions when you're rolling P.J. Williams and Patrick Robinson. It looks okay. Um, and then this last week, I mean, it wasn't – again, it was just kind of like Matt Stafford. It wasn't necessarily the yards given up because um, Justin Herbert didn't have a, a ton by, you know, any stretch of the imagination. But it's the big plays that kill. It's the defensive breakdown. So – Look, there's a lot to fix in this secondary, a lot to unpack. And, you know, Sean Payton told us last night, look, hey, we're going to we'll be working today and working tomorrow. And, um, you know, they, they have got to clean up whatever uh, is ailing them in the secondary. But, you know, overall, if I had to give uh, a grade, it's probably D minus, maybe close to F. It's just not, not good football, not what we're accustomed to seeing. And, you know, I think going into the season, we thought the linebackers would be the, the weak group of this team uh, when you look at the, the roster, but right now it's the secondary and they had to play better. And and especially when you're a team, John Hendricks, our guest, John, that, that likes to play as much DBs as you play. I mean, 37 snaps last night were in the nickel, 19 were in the dime. You only had 10 defensive snaps in the base defense. So, you know, I think you had two bear snaps, but, but those are, you know, near the goal line. So you're, you're, I mean, for, for the majority of the game, you're playing five or six DBs, and you need them to play at a high level. And when you looked at them on paper before the season, you're thinking they're, they're, they're going to be good. And I know that Janoris Jenkins has been out the last few weeks, but uh, Lattimore just, I don't know, man, his, his, his ceiling is so high. I think we've, we've seen moments of it, and yet just the consistency aspect of it and when he's not going up against an elite receiver – it's not that. That's not just Twitter talk or Saints fan talk. I mean, that's legit, right? I mean, he gets up for the big, the big ones, and then you know, everyone. I wasn't the only one. So many people on Twitter last night essentially were saying, as soon as Keenan Allen got hurt, it was, uh oh, Lattimore's probably about to get burnt. And then six plays later, he did by Jalen Guyton. Yeah, look, and and you know the the catch on the you know missed field goal. Uh, yeah, it was just a great, great play by Mike Williams. I don't know what else Marshawn could have done on that play, but you know, again, it was, uh, it's just a bad look. And again, this is a guy who obviously is is part of that great 2017 draft class. He wants to get paid. I mean, as of right now, they got a fifth year option on him. But you know, if you want to get paid big money like some of these other corners that have already gotten paid, I mean, you you got to show up for every competition. It doesn't matter if you're playing, you know, four string wide receiver or the elite. You know, if you're going up against Michael Thomas every week, you're expected to produce, you're expected to do things. And, you know, I guess think for him, it's it's not just the coverage, right? I think obviously, you know, a win's a win and you'll take it however you can. And obviously making a big stop when it counts on fourth down is, is what you remember, right? But, you know, a corner, you're paid to tackle, you're paid to do a lot of things, obviously, uh, and expected to do a lot of things. And, you know, for me, I don't think the tackling has been as crisp as, as it has been. Um, you know, whether it's missed tackles, over pursuing, just long angles, whatever the case. So, again, you know, for him, he's, he's really got to get this cleaned up, and especially if he wants to get paid. But, I mean, you know, on the same breath, a guy like Trey Hendrickson, uh, many probably are talking about him, but four sacks, I mean, this is four and a half acts, excuse me, and he, he's balling out, and he's making a big case to get paid for after this season. But, 
you know, Lattimore, I think it'll come. I think it'll be something that, you know, obviously it sees. But, you know, I, I think I speak for most fans is we know what happens. It, regular season, it's, it is what it is. But when it counts in the postseason, you don't want to see Lattimore, you know, you want to see him more of a lockdown guy like he's accustomed to, not just inconsistent stuff. But he's one of the many players on the team that have got to find the consistency and really spend this bye week, you know, with some – some thoughts and uh, contemplating, you know, what what can make him better. ESPN1420.com, our guest, John J. Hendricks, Saints lead writer and reporter for uh, Saints News over at Sports Illustrated. Got a great piece uh, from Alvin Kamara last night. And the uh, the dirty, dirty, dirty game, as he described it. We heard that soundbite earlier. It's all over your story as well, uh, or the story over at Saints News Network, rather, by Kyle T. Mosley. But, the uh you know the Saints News Network which you run and operate over there at Sports Illustrated. Go give John a follow on Twitter at John J Hendricks. John, um, I I, w- I want to focus on some positive and I think on uh, defensively, you know the front four had their best game of the season. I thought uh you know the, they were not getting much pressure early in the season and uh, last night I mean they had seven pressures, two sacks with a four man rush. Um, they had, they, you know, look, they, they gave up some runs here or there, but I thought overall there were a lot more positive plays for the defense than negative. Just as a whole, whether it be Hendrickson, whether it be Cam Jordan, whether it be Marcus Davenport, while he didn't, you know, stuff the stat sheet, just his presence and his ability to disrupt was on full display. Shy Tuttle was, was, was active last night. I don't just mean like he was activated for the game. I mean, he was active on the field. As a whole, what was your biggest takeaway? As I'm rambling, I need to hear your thoughts. What was your biggest takeaway from the front four last night? Yeah, it's good to see that type of pressure. And, again, I, I, I said it in plenty of spots and, and different types of columns and stuff because I was worried about Herbert and being able to roll out and kind of that bootleg quarterback because that's been some of the things that have really just killed the Saints. And, you know, getting Marcus Davis was huge, and he played pretty well, all things considered. I mean, there's times, that, again – it's one of those that it may not <clears throat> register on the shit stat sheet, but you, you can't help but notice his presence when he's stopping runs or helping to get after Justin Herbert or is in his face. And so that's and it's encouraging. And obviously Trey Hendrickson again, it's it's crazy how how good of a season he's having so far. And you know, for a guy who has primarily been a rotational guy and he's been asked to do a lot of different things. I mean, it's, it's really good to see him putting it together and, and making some big sacks and big stops when it counts the most. And, you know, it's not just him. I mean, David Onyemata has been making big plays. Sheldon Rankin's big plays, you know, Malcolm Brown has been stout in the run game. I mean, he had the bad penalty on the, on the drive uh, in overtime, if you will. But, you know, that was also, eh, you know, it's one of those things, right. But, you know, the defensive line has strong depth to it. Um, and, you know, again, uh, you see what happens when, when Shai Tuttle gets called up over Malcolm Roach. I mean, he's, Roach has been great along the defensive line, but they bring in Tuttle, who's kind of been sitting, and, you know, kind of has a fire under his his, his hind parts and uh, comes out there and puts together some good things. So, look, it, it may not be a lot of the players on there that get our household names, you know, but – outside of Cam Jordan, but they're doing what they can, getting it done, and their sack production is great, and so you just hope it continues, and they're going to need it as some of the quarterbacks they face here and uh, after the bye week. On the offensive side of things, John J. Hendricks, our guest, ESPN 1420, lead Saints reporter for Saints News at Sports Illustrated. The um, 
the offense, I think there's there's two there's two players you can immediately point to. Uh, Alvin Kamara and Emmanuel Sanders, right? You look at the stat sheet, you see the production. You watched the game last night, you see the production. After those two, what, what's what's the, the biggest positive takeaway from the offense last night for you, whether it be a player or just a phase of the game? Yeah, look, I, I think if you're talking specifically about the game, I think Marquez Callaway was great filling in. You know, again, there was a lot of uh, – Concerned with Deontay Harris out and, and being able to flip the field like he does, but Callaway looked good on returns. He got involved a little bit in the offense, so you know that's obviously a, a positive there. And then Jared Cook was quiet most of the game, but he has the big touchdown catch, and and that was kind of what we were all waiting for, right? I mean, it was a collective sigh of relief when Breeze is able to air it out and pull the trigger. And you know, Taysom Hill, um, I know I saw Twitter. It was it was rough because you know you're you're driving the field, you kill the momentum, so to speak, with bringing somebody like him in uh, when Breeze is moving the ball. And, you know, thankfully it worked to help tie the game. And, and maybe that's exactly what he needs to, to kind of help get his game together for this season. But, you know, um, you know, other than that, I think Latavius Murray is, is probably one of your other bright spots. Cesar Ruiz is, is another one that comes to mind. I mean, there's just been so many good individual efforts on the offense outside of Camara, And, you know, again, Sanders, uh, two back-to-back games, I mean, career – career high and catches uh, in a single game for him, 12. And, you know, he said as last night, he said, I'm tired right after the Zoom call. But it was, it was good to see. And he, he was the one trying to get the energy, bring the energy after the play. And so, uh, again, I think they have a lot of, of good weapons there. I don't think they've reached their full potential. But, you know, outside of number nine and 41 and, and 17, they, they do plenty and just enough to, to make sure it works and move the ball and pick up stuff when it counts. Speaking of number seven, uh, John, you're 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 a father, correct? Oh yeah, father of two boys. See, six and three. You know, I've got three kids, five, two, and one. Um, you know, you know that it can be exhausting. Now, I'm not I'm not making any excuses or anything like that. I'm only pointing out. Taysom Hill just had his first kid, like right when the season started. Right? I mean, how tired does this dude look? <laughs> Yeah, being a father, I'll tell you what, you know, there are a lot of sleepless nights, <laughs> sleepless nights, late nights, and then, you know, you have to be a husband on top of that. So it's uh, it's just one of those that's it's demanding, um, you know, it's rewarding as everything. But, you know, depending on the type of baby you get, if it sleeps through the night, you're, you're blessed. And if it doesn't, then you got to make those calls and wake up at three or four o'clock. I, swear, in the I morning swear if, if next it. time he meets with the if next time he, he's on a zoom call with the media, one of you guys have to ask him if his newborn like how's it going? Are they colicky or is are they sleeping well? Just kinda like, you know, get a little insight because he might not say anything, but uh he looks like a guy that like just looks like he's been up all night and not sleeping at all. Now I'm not <laughs> I'm not throwing that out there as an excuse, but I can't lie. As a dad, like that thought crosses my mind when I'm like, man, he he usually isn't hesitant. He's just kind of like, like just like a horse at the gate. As soon as they open it, he just takes off. And right now, he's kind of like, oh, not really. What's going on? You know, I mean, give the guy some coffee or something. Right, right. It um, happens, man. So. It, it used to be like when he was on the field. It was like I would. I mean, it was always like fun. All right, something fun's about to happen. Now, when he gets on the field, it's kind of like ah, not what? Uh, I'm not. I don't know. I'm a little nervous. Um that's not to take away from the player he is and what he can be in the offense. But I think now that 
at some point it wasn't going to be, you know, batting a thousand. There were going to be mistakes, and you've seen more this year. And so the love affair with some of the fan base is dissipating a bit. But uh, now that you have a larger sample size, I mean, when I, I feel like the cure for Breeze is the hurry up offense, right? I mean, once once you, once he gets clicking in that, and it's just quick decisions, and they're moving the ball quickly. That that I mean, you saw it last night at the end of the first half. You saw it at the end of regulation. So whenever he's got it going, and they're just clicking, and he's completed five in a row, I mean, Sean has to under. I mean, he doesn't care, but I do think the criticism is warranted when he pulls them out of the game in those situations. Now. Early in the game, he's struggling a little bit. They need a little fire. Okay, you mix it up. Maybe you put Taysom out there. When Breeze is just connecting all over the place, I mean, the criticism is going to come when you put Taysom out there, even when the play works sometimes, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. When you're moving in the ball in your four-minute offense or two-minute offense or you need something before the game, I mean, moving with the game on the line or anything like that, I mean, you want the ball in number nine cans, right? You want him to, to do what he needs to do to, to help win and – so, again, you know, I, it's not going to change. Obviously, I don't think for this season um, you're still going to see a lot of Taysom Hill. And I, I still feel like his role is yet to be completely carved out. And, obviously, they've had a good bit of injuries and uh, along the, the offensive line and, and specialty players and, obviously, with what happened with Michael Thomas. But, you know, with, with Breeze, I mean, obviously, he gives the chance, the Saints the best chance to win. And, you know, when you're looking at third downs and Taysom Hill comes in, it's always going to be under a microscope when they're driving the ball, moving the ball. And, and you know, with Hill, I don't think he's totally found his best decision-making yet. You know, obviously running it in for a, a side of the game was, was a big moment. But, you know, there's time to see he wants to pull the trigger. But Emmanuel Sanders is covered double downfield, and there's there's no point in forcing that ball or – he tries to throw something short, and it, it just has no chance. So, again, he's got to get better with his decision-making. But, you know, with number nine in there, uh, when you're running all that momentum and, and the hurry-up offense, you got to keep him in. John J. Hendricks is our guest, Saints lead writer and reporter for Saints News at Sports Illustrated, a contributor for Forbes Sports as well, at John J. Hendricks on Twitter. Hendricks is H-E-N-D-R-I-X. Um, I said earlier uh, in the show this morning, John, I was like, if the secondary had – blown it uh a blown had a blown coverage in the the second portion of overtime and lost the game michael thomas might have fought all of them during the bye week um but look man the guy is chippy i've talked to other co-workers of yours or you know people in the media that, that cover this team and they've said look he's always there's 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 just this perpetual chip on his shoulder and sometimes it doesn't make sense but it's just there they say, yeah, maybe he gets a, a little bit more leniency or gets away with more things in the locker room because of how good he is. But uh, this was one thing he just wasn't going to get away with. And I know Sean Payton um, did his best to deflect Michael Thomas' questions after the game last night, uh, and now he's got a bye week to kind of get away from it. Obviously, he's going to help a ton uh, to the offense when he comes back against Carolina, and I, I know that he wouldn't specifically say whether or not he'd be back against Carolina, but I, I expect him to be back against Carolina. Um, what are your thoughts on Michael Thomas in terms of that perpetual chip? You know, on one hand, it seems like it, it, it it's what makes him great. On the other, it kind of gets him in trouble. And this is a guy that, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've used the word insecure. A lot of folks disagree with me. Um, I'm not denying his talent, but – when you saw more of this story as more details came to light, was any of it surprising to you? 
I don't think it was surprising. I think, obviously, you, you, the fighting is one thing. I think it's the getting into it with the coaches or being really over the line with the coaches is what, what ended up being the big difference here. And, and uh, you know, uh, Thomas is competitive. He, he's always going to be that. He's going to wear that chip because he had wide receivers drafted before him that aren't good, that are nowhere in his, his league, right? And so I think that's always been his – his thing that he's out to prove a lot and, and prove that, hey, all these teams, y'all, y'all messed up by taking, you know, these players before me and such. And so, look, you know, Drew Brees said it last night that, hey, he talked to Thomas, the leaders have talked to Thomas, that they're all good, everything's good, and, you know, uh, he's going to be a big part of the plans going forward. And, and again, I, I believe what Brees has to say. I imagine that, you know, a lot of them just talked to him. It's like, look, we know your fiery competitiveness and, we know how it is, but you know some things you just you just can't do. You can't go over the line like that. And so, um, CJ Gardner Johnson, you know, you can't can't get mad at him because that's how he's been playing. That's how he's always going to play. He's going to be the trash talker. He's going to try to get under your skin. And so, emotions boiled over. And I think for Mike, obviously, the injury in week one, you know, he didn't expect that. And you know, it was a kind of a situation where was he supposed to be on the field? Did he have to be on the field? Not necessarily. So. Again, being able, being out of of action and not being able to help your team kind of hurts in some aspects. And you know, I could see things boiling over as a result. So, I mean, hopefully it's put behind us and everything's going to be done. But he's going to play New Carolina. There's no reason he shouldn't. I mean, it seems like that's the many are just echoing your sentiment, John. That it's 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 certainly a story. It's noteworthy. I mean, he was suspended. He didn't play last night. But in terms of long term. Uh, most that I've talked to that cover this team, including you, feel like it's it's not really going to be much of an issue. Yeah, look, I mean, it's it's not a situation where you know, like Junior Gallette was oh, years well, no, ago no, and stuff. And I, I mean, no, no, nothing, no. nothing close to that, right? I mean, but that's the thing that you kind of have to compare it to is that you know you're not going to sit here and and people are going to run run with this, right? They're going to say the Saints locker room has got problems. They got all these things and. Here, we'll probably get Michael Thomas trade rumors soon. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's just kind of how this thing boils over from people who don't cover the team on a regular basis and have no idea how things work. And so, I mean, Sean Payton is, is, has been around this league 20, and Mike, he's, he's obviously got some things to learn from it, and he's great. He can be one of the greatest uh, of all time. But, you know, again, nobody's bigger than the team in, in, in New Orleans, and that's a, a, a clear – thing that you've got to take away from this espn 1420 com. i'm scott prather it's the great scott show the great sports callers open think tank we are visiting with john j hendrick saints lead writer and reporter for saints news at si now sports illustrated contributor for forbes sports as well john special teams wise uh there was some good there was some bad you mentioned marquez calloway i thought morstead had his best game since week one after some off games uh, and Will Lutz, I mean, you talk about clutch. Just you know, if if L.A. had the kicker, the Saints did, they would have won last night. Um, but J.T. Gray, Dwayne Washington, these are guys that typically, I mean, they they are big reasons why I have said the Saints for years had one of the worst special teams in football outside of Morstead to having arguably the best the last few years. And it wasn't just because of the kicker and the punter and the return game and Deontay Harris. But it was because of guys like JT Gray, guys like Dwayne Washington, who just I, I I pray they don't have another game like they had last night because the amount of hidden yards, 
the the extra first down, which led to a touchdown for the Chargers, they nearly cost the team the game last night. That was as bad a special teams game in in regards to you know the coverage unit and the defenders as I as I can remember. I mean, it's been a couple of years. Yeah, look, I'll say that the one against Washington that was kind of a little bit tough for me. I mean, watching the replay, and again, you know, I only get a certain angle and. Don't sit there and dwell on a lot of them, but it didn't look like it was roughing. It might have been more running into the kicker, but still, again, hidden yardage, it doesn't matter. That's the way they called it. Same thing with Gray. I mean, you know, that's something that he's not necessarily known for, but, you know, obviously it wipes away big returns, and when you when you do that, it's it goes from where you have it in Chargers territory. Now you're back at your own 25 or your own 30 uh, instead of being across the field and having a short field to work with, and it changes the way you call plays and different things along that line. So, I mean, definitely great to see Morstead uh, re- rebound, uh, you know, after his first punt. It's kind of a little bit rough, but, you know, he came on, had some real big boots. Coverage was good. Kickoff coverage was good. But Will Lutz, I don't think <laughs> – we don't talk about him enough, but this guy's been money all season, and uh, he's been, I mean, fairly automatic. And so that's that's great because – you look at the other side and, and uh, <laughs> you know, you miss an extra point and you miss a game-winning field goal and, and you look at the other side of the building and uh, our other side of the field and you know that number five, he's our number three, he's going to – he can boot those and, and win those games for you and he has won those types of games for you. So, But with the return game, again, you know, hidden yardage, the penalties has been something that's, that's been a common theme for this team. Um, better showing overall, but still bad. You know when you when you take penalties, especially when the Chargers only had one for ten yards. So it'll get cleaned up hopefully. But you know if if they're not the right options, right fits, then they'll make the adjustments to make sure that they do have the right right people and personnel on there. Yeah, those guys are good. I mean, I I think that uh, in terms of special teams, they're good. But it just in 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 a in a year where to this point everything's such a grind and. The offense is just having trouble finding rhythm. You need those other aspects to be really good and consistent. And so far, you haven't got it from the defense. You haven't got it from the special teams. You haven't had that game where they're all clicking. You're five games into the season. You're heading into a bye week. Final question for you. John J. Hendricks, our guest, ESPN 1420 Saints writer and reporter for uh, Saints News and Sports Illustrated. John, uh, this team, I think we all agreed before the season – uh, I think many that objectively just follow this team from the outside agreed as well that this team was a contender, right? They've got Super Bowl potential. They haven't played close to it. They don't look like a Super Bowl team right now. Uh, if 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 the, quote, money badger, I don't remember the dude's name, uh, hits that last-second field goal last night, I mean, I don't know. Everything, the tone is very different this morning. Two and three heading into the bye the fighting a lot, like all when you lose, all the problems get magnified. Uh, but they got the win, but they just don't look. There's, there's just there. It's all something. A few things are off right now. I think we could all agree on that. What in your mind has to be the biggest correction, or what has to improve the most between now and 12 days from now when they host Carolina after the bye? What has to improve most for this team to start to realize that Super Bowl potential that? I think we all agreed they had, but they haven't shown it yet through five weeks. Yeah, I think more for me is the concerns on defense. And, again, third down defense and just the breakdowns in coverage. I mean, they fixed the coverage issues, and I think it'll fix a lot of things for this team, right? And Because I think the offense is going to only get better because you're going to get Michael Thomas back in the mix. And, you know, 
I think that'll be fine. I'm not, I wouldn't worry about it. And obviously you want to pump the brakes on any type of Super Bowl talk with this team because they still have to find their identity this season. And, you know, there are new faces to the puzzle. It is different because of COVID and such, but, you know, uh, for them, they could have, they could have beat the Packers. They could have beat the Raiders. And again, you know, the reality is obviously you're sitting at three and two could be four and one realistically right now or five and zero, but that's not where you're at. And uh, for this team, they've, they've had to learn from the losses and they have to learn. And so there's a lot of maturation in this process for them. And, you know, I, I think the biggest adjustment they can make is, is in the secondary. I mean, just the coverage and cleaning that up will fix a lot of issues for this team and this defense. I mean, you know, last night they were able to make some stops and, and get the ball back in the hands of Drew Brees when it counted. And so, again, you kind of touched on it, but in all three phases, we've seen games where the defense is, is balling out and doing what they can, and the offense doesn't do it. And so they they got to put together that complete game where they're clicking on all cylinders for every every in every phase of the game for 60 minutes. And it's been a while since we've seen that. And when we see that happen, you know, consistently or happen once and then happen again, then we'll know the Saints are ready. But until then, they're they're still finding themselves and still have a lot to clean up. But it's got to be that secondary that's got the most work on their hands. Great stuff from John Hendricks, our guest. Is it still just really weird being in a Superdome where there's no fan? I mean, I know 750, whatever, where there's no fans. Like, is Are you used to it at this point, or is it still just super weird? I will never get used to it. It is absolutely horrendous. And, you know, look, I know it, it's got a lot of stuff that go behind it, but – Look, a game like that, a game like the Packers, if you would have had fans, I think it would have been different. And it's a shame that they didn't get to see things like that big Alvin Kamara catch or that Alvin Kamara catch and run against the Packers. I mean, hopefully we can get to at least 25%, but, you know, those those calls are not uh, not anything that we can do or affect. You know, it's, it's on kind of one person, so hopefully we get some change. But uh, it's, it's never going to be a uh, normal that I'll get used to this season. Guys, if you're not following him already, go go follow him on Twitter at John J. Hendricks on Twitter. Check out his stuff over at Saints News at Sports Illustrated. Uh, he also does stuff for Forbes Sports. John, always appreciate the time, man. You've uh, you joined us after the Monday night games this year, and I know those are late nights for you, uh, but appreciate you waking up and uh, hitting that coffee from Saints with us, man. Continue success, and we'll talk to you again down the road, all right? All right, thanks for having me, man. Have a good rest of the show. You got it. Great stuff from John Hendricks. We'll take a quick time out here, and when we come back, hey, we got a little Rage Occasion football tomorrow night. We've got MLB playoffs. Braves fans are feeling good right now. Brad Topham is feeling like a million bucks. Astros fans are thinking, oh, yeah, yeah. Is this... Is this middle finger tour that we were going to call this postseason coming to an end soon? Tampa Bay's got a 2-0 series lead. More on last night's Saints win. How's your blood pressure, everybody? If you're just tuning in, maybe get it checked. If you stayed up for that one last night. That game, and there was no way I was just going to fall asleep after that. Plus, Tuesday night football. Bills-Titans tonight. Anybody remember the last time there was a Tuesday night game? It's only happened once. I remember for a very bad and annoying an awful reason. I'll explain why. It's ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. I'm Scott Prather. It's the great Scott Show. Don't go anywhere. Yeah. She said I want. 
Welcome back into the Grave Scott Show, ESPN1420.com. Tuesday night football, Bills Titans. Due to the COVID issues in Nashville, that game is uh, now expected to kick off tonight at 5 o'clock. And uh, we'll see, unless they have some, you know, more positive tests today. But right now, it's going to be played. Only the second time there have been a Tuesday night game. The other was 10 years ago when the Eagles played the Vikings. You might remember the blizzard hit Philly, uh, excuse me, Minneapolis and blew a hole in the Metrodome roof. I remember because Adrian Peterson was the best player on my fantasy team, and it was the championship game. And I stood to make about a thousand bucks, and I started him. And then uh, Tuesday, Minnesota's like, "Yeah, we're not going to play him. Yeah, just too, risk of injury is too high. Backup wasn't available. Couldn't make any moves, and I lost. Oof. Anyway, none of you care about that. But that's why I'll never forget that stupid Tuesday night game. ESPN fourteen twenty dot com two six nine ten seventy seven two six nine one zero seven seven. Appreciate John Hendricks joining us. Phone lines are open once again. Let's get back to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. Uh, like you said, man, it was nice to see uh, Davenport uh, bring some pressure uh, early in the game. Um, of course, Hendrickson, he's playing great. Uh, I, li- I like the D-line. D-line did some things. Um, yeah, I-, I was, you know, I heard you say, you know, high your heart pressure. I, I really don't. Chargers blew a-, a lead last week against the Bucks. Um you, know, you never had you, a, you never the, had a doubt that the Saints were going to lose, or you just that you just don't get nervous when you watch sporting events. Not this, not this particular game. I got you. I'm not gonna say I don't get nervous. I, I just, like I said, the Chargers' track record, they have a tendency of losing games. You know, getting leads and losing games uh, close. Uh, the arrogance of the kicker. Most kickers, man, when they call a timeout, they just go ahead and just uh, get, kick the ball through. I guess those shot. dudes. Are, yeah, I man. guess he felt ready. I, hey, that that was that was weird. I, um, when Lewis ready when he mentioned it, I was like, have like okay. in that in that situation, having two timeouts is perfect if you want to ice the kicker because what ideally from a mental standpoint, I like the idea of just it being in their mind. Okay, they could call a timeout here. Just having that in their mind, I just feel like it, it, it can make a difference. And if you only have one and you use it, well, now they know, okay, here it comes. But when you got another one in your pocket, it's like, are they going to do it again? What's going to happen here? It just, it was, it, and, then it, and then it's the Chargers. You just have a history of missing these things. And then it's this guy who gave himself a nickname, which is, which is always a red flag for me. Uh, and the reality is, if that thing was one yard closer, it's good. But it wasn't. Doing, I thought it was going. Did you think it was going in when it went off his foot? I thought that was going in. Uh, it kind of sailed to the uh, right. Um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought they, I thought they were going to make this. <laughs> so uh, but um, I don't know, man. Hey, on the uh, Taysom Hill touchdown, um, I'm surprised they went with Kamara, uh, knowing um, you know, so he, he Kamara took a couple of men with him, of course. And uh, that basically led uh, Hill open. I'm surprised they they bit on that, knowing Hill track record of you know I'm gonna run it myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah. It, <laughs> hey man, I think touching for a good minute. I say about ten, eleven years, and you know it's it's commonplace to hear a caller complain about how much money someone's making. Um, 
it's funny how, how Hill has never been attacked yet for that. Um, of course, I'm not surprised, you know. But this man's making $16 million to make, what, one play a game? Two plays a game, you know? Um, I think it's a little a little, a little, bigger than just that. But, but yeah, I mean, he got a, <laughs> he got a contract that was, uh, what are you doing with this? Is, you think he's going to be your quarterback long term? You don't. I mean, his contract was weird in that. And, I look. I, I hear where you're coming from in that regard. Um, his contract was weird in that there wasn't – is that really a barometer for a player like that? Um, yeah. And so it was kind of like – I mean, I was surprised when – I remember I said it, you know, when they signed him to the deal. I was surprised at how much it was. I was like, really? Uh, but there's just not really – I'm not knocking Hill. No, no, not – no, I, I, I know. I know what you're talking about. But uh, yeah. um, but but I, I'll I'll keep saying it. Any, when Kamara has games like that, I'll I'll just give the man another extension. He has been – the best player on the team this year. His catch was incredible. His balance is incredible. And when he's healthy, honestly, I, I maybe I'm biased because I see it so much. I feel like when he's healthy, he's he's arguably the best running back in the league because he can just do things that no one else can do. And McCaffrey's great um, and Derrick Henry's great. And you've got some good running backs, but there are things that Kamara can do that no other back in the league can do. Yeah, um, yeah, like I said, you know, I'm not. I would never not complain if if he can get that, you know, get it, and he got it. So, um, yeah, um, like I said, man, Davin, Davenport, um, Hendrickson. Who knows? I can see Hendrickson with a rival. I can see a rival snatching him up. Uh, someone in the division. Yeah, you know, like you said, man, he, he's keep every play he makes is getting his contract. He's going now, up, he's now starting up. to get chipped. He's starting to get chipped at the line. He was like, he went to the sideline and he told Cam. Uh, he's like, they're chipping me. And Cam said, you know, I don't remember what he told him, but something funny. Like, okay, man, you know, welcome to the big leagues or something like that, just jokingly. But that just tells yeah. you that the guy's making an impact. You know, now deep, now offensive lines are paying it. And, and that was like right on cue. I mean, Lewis Riddick is pointing out, or I don't remember if it was him or Brian Greasy, the impact that, that Hendrickson's having. Then they circle him, and then yeah. on that exact play, he gets the set. It wouldn't have been yeah. better timing for him. Yeah, uh, rest in power, Joe Morgan. Uh, you have a good one. Thanks. Great Joe Morgan. Hall of Famer. Passed away over the weekend. 77 years old. Like, I, when Morgan played, and I, he spent a lot of time with the Astros. I know more people remember him with, you know, with the Reds. Um, and, and, you know, his time with Johnny Bench and Tony Perez and Pete Rose. Um, but I, I, I'm too young to really re- have seen him play. I just remember him from Sunday Night Baseball over the years. And, you know, him his work in the booth. But, uh, yeah, all-time great player, man. Did a little bit of everything. I mean, his, his resume... His resume speaks for itself. Two-time MVP, 10-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glove winner, and one of the greatest second basemen in the history of baseball. I knew him more for his, you know, 25-plus years as a broadcaster. But uh, that voice, man, that's what I heard. I just heard his voice in my head when I when I heard the news. ESPN 1420.com. Braves, get it done. 
against the Dodgers 5-1. to one, And Walker Bueller, early exit, tripped up the Dodgers. And uh, shout-out to the Braves. Shout-out to all the fans out there being up one game to nothing. Bueller, the, fun, the funniest part, oh, gosh, I wish I had the audio. Let me see if I can find it. So Walker Bueller was uh, trending on Twitter. I think it was his pants. Walker Bueller's pants were 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 trending on Twitter because they were like so. I mean, those things were skin tight, skin tight. Like it, it, I don't know how. I mean, I don't like wearing tight anything, honestly. But those things were like tighter than super tight yoga pants. I was like, my God, how does he have any circulation? How is he kicking his? They must have stretch. You know, you can buy some blue jeans that like have some stretch material. He must have had the, those pants. But when you have a bad outing in the NLCS and you're meeting with the media, you probably don't want to get asked about your pants. Hey, Walker. Uh, Walker Bueller's pants were trending on Twitter tonight. Um, Pray another time or place, Michael. Thank you, Walker. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hey, Walker. Uh, Walker Bueller's pants were trending on Twitter tonight. Um, Pray another time or place, Michael. We are in the year 2020. I mean, a year where... A pitcher in the NLCS, his wardrobe is trending on Twitter. Lots of jokes, right? Lots of jokes. Like his pants are tighter than Kim Kardashian's forehead skin after Botox. Oh, look, Walker's in his Lululemon pants tonight. I mean, his pants were tighter than Mark Hudspeth's shirts. That's That's as tight as it gets. But in the year 2020, where after an outing like that, he gets asked about his pants trending on social media. Oh, man. Sports coverage has changed over the years, y'all. It has changed. I'm just saying. ESPN1420.com. All right. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, going to hear some audio. A little bit from Drew Brees. How about Jared Cook and that long touchdown catch? What went down there? Saints win over the Chargers last night in an absolute nail-biter in a game where it was just oh, everything was just a strain. It was a grind. But they got it done. Hear from Brees and Cook next, ESPN1420.com. Touchdown to Jared Cook. I think it's the first time he threw for a PN 1420 app. What's up, sports fans? It's your boy Zion Williamson of the New Orleans Pelicans, and you're listening to The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Thank you, Zion. Next order of business in the NBA, the draft, and really for the Pelicans, finding their next head coach. NBA season ended... Sunday night, and I'll be honest, I didn't I didn't see any of it. I didn't see any of the game Friday night. 
I didn't see any of the games Sunday night. I didn't have electricity. But uh, congrats to the Lakers, 17. LeBron got a fourth ring. They win in the bubble. Anthony Davis has a ring. I know a lot of Pelicans fans are salty, but he's going to resign, and uh, the Lakers will be good again next year. And they had good chemistry, and it goes a long way. ESPN1420.com. Saints got a lot of work, got a lot to work on heading into the bye week. But they got out of there with a win last night. Drew Brees a little bit on the overtime win over the Chargers. Touchdown to Jerry Cook. I think it's his first time he threw for a mall game. What, what does it say about him just uh, you know, staying focused and locked in and being ready when the moment was called? Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, it just, it just kind of played out that way. You know, he, he was part of the progression quite a few times, but but just wasn't able to get a ball prior to that. And, um, you know, listen, big moment in the game, obviously needed, you know, that touchdown ended up tying the game and, you know, brought us back from, you know, 17 points down to, to tie it up. And obviously we felt like, you know, we were going to go win the game at that point. But third and 15 or 16, I think, too. And, um, you know, they played somewhat of an unorthodox coverage. And, um, you know, he's really kind of on a clear. Just kind of had my eyes on him in, in my periphery and felt like, you know, they were flat-footed and he could get by him. And, man, it was great for him to, to get, get by him and, and get that big play. Thought it was the biggest offensive play of the game for the Saints. Third and 14 coming off of a Bosa sack and then a short game. All right, Jared, first question for Amy Jeff. Here is more from uh, about that play, and here is Jared Cook, Saints tight end. Uh, what did you see on that uh that crazy touchdown, uh, whenever that was. Um, the one you had, uh, 30 plus yards. Yeah, I, um, uh, it was kind of the underneath coverage was kind of running with You're me. You're muted, Jared. She said I'm muted, fam. Zoom, Zoom press conferences, everybody. Oh, there it go, right there. All right, here it is from last night. Jerry Cook. Sorry about that. All good. I can hear you now. Um, the underneath covers was kind of running with me, but the safety was tilted uh, to to us, to the th- three-receiver side. And then the backside corner was just kind of sloughing and lagging off. So my job is just kind of to get over to that other side of the field and open it up for uh, whoever's running the scene behind me. And uh, I just kind of got over top of him. And I think Drew got a little flushed in the pocket and rolled out to his left. And uh, he was able to hit me in stride. It was a beautiful throw right over the top of the backside corner and uh, before the safety got there. Next question from Underhill. Was was there something you guys did as as an adjustment? It seems like after that interception, things kind of really started opening up and, and rolling for you guys a little bit more on offense. Uh, we just tried to continue to push the tempo, man. Uh, you know, didn't change too much. It's just making sure we stay in it and don't let them take us out of it. Next question is from Luke Johnson. When you're going through a, a, a game, that touchdown was your, your first target. Um, what, what do you have to do to, to just, like, stay focused and make sure you're not drifting away when the ball's not coming your way? Man, I just try to have fun. Uh, you don't get a lot of opportunities like this, you know. Uh, so I just try to enjoy myself and, and just do what I can and, and, you know, listen to the music, sing along to the songs and encourage the defense and encourage my team, man, to stay in it. 
That's Jared Cook. And that's it for the great Scott show. Tomorrow morning, we will talk a lot about the game between Louisiana and Coastal Carolina. The Raging Cajuns ranked 21st in the country, preparing to host CCU tomorrow night. We'll have some guests on to break it down as well. Don't go anywhere. Beyond the Game with Steve Pelliquin is next. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow morning. Scott Prather, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Yeah.